Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Oh, hey, you guys are more awake than the first service. Awesome. I'm used to people responding to me, and it's odd when you're with big people and they don't say anything at all. Okay. So my name is Melissa. I am the children's pastor, and I've been here um, about two and a half years on staff, and my family and I have attended the way for, I don't know what I said in first service, I think I just made something up, but I think it's been eight years um, because we took a break and moved to Tennessee for a year. So you will see my family here, um, but they're usually in the kids' ministry somewhere um, uh, because when mom's in ministry, they are in ministry. So um, I just want to say good morning to our online audience. I know we have friends that haven't made it back to church yet. So we are so excited that you are part of our community online. And we are excited that everyone came this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And I'm just going to go right into it and get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for all the things that you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. You sent your Holy Spirit and that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I ask you, Lord, that you would send your spirit and it would come in this place right now and that we would be able to feel your spirit in this place and that you would rest on us as tongues of fire and that your word would go deep into our hearts so that we would not sin against you. We love you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the past few weeks, we've been doing a sermon series called Time to Live, and I'm really um, excited to bring up the rear on the series because living is a passion of mine, and not just because I'm alive, but because there was a time in my life where I did not live well. And uh, our first part of the sermon series, Pastor Tim was talking about letting go of our past and in order to live, that we need to let go of our wounds of our past. Last week, he was talking about living in the present. So we need to live in the moment. We need to enjoy the moments that God gave us because we're not promised tomorrow. And he also told us all to go on vacation. Clearly, <laughs> some of us weren't here last week because we should all be at the beach today. Well, I don't know. It's raining, so maybe. I don't know. And today, I'm talking about finding our future, finding our future. So I figured it might be really important that I define the future that I'm talking about before I really go any farther. I'm not really talking about the type of job that you will have or your career or where you're going to move or it, where you should go when you graduate college, although I do believe this will help you. What I am talking about is the future that you have in and with Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece, or handiwork, some versions say. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Tim, I believe, read the scripture verse last week, maybe even the week before, because it's so important that we understand that God created us on purpose. It's no accident that you are a living, breathing human. It's no accident that you're sitting in the seat today. It's no accident that you're watching online today. Nothing that was set before us is an accident. So my first point today is God created us on purpose with a purpose. 
in order to find our future, in order to see where we're going, we have to know where we're headed. I said this before, but I, if I were running a race, which I clearly no longer run, but I used to run, and if I were running a race, okay, I would need to know where the finish line is, right? If they blow the whistle and I start running and everyone starts running in different directions and I don't know where the finish line is, how will I get there? So we need to know that our, finding our future is actually tied up in our purpose. If you're taking notes, you should write this one down. Our future must be tied up in our purpose. The purpose that God created you for. On purpose, with a purpose. We're not all created for the same exact thing, different ways to accomplish the same goal, which is to know God and to make him known, okay? To know God and to make him known. But we have to understand that in order to get to where we're going, we have to know where we're headed, right? Ephesians 1, 11 through 12 in the message version says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Who we are and what we are living for is found in Christ. So if you have those moments and you say, why am I here? Well, you need to find Christ because it's in him that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for a glorious living, part of the overall purpose that he is working out in everything and every one. God came so that we could have life and life abundant, a more abundant life, as some versions say. And if you are not living an abundant life right now, you are not living in the purpose that God has for you. You are not living in the purpose that God has for you. Our future must be tied up in our purpose. So my first point was God created us on purpose with a purpose. And my second point is Perspective is everything. I'll prove it to you. When Goliath came against the Israelites and the soldiers saw Goliath, they looked at him and they said, he's so big, we can never kill him. But a little scrawny David came in and said, he's so big, I can't miss. Perspective is everything. I just want you to know, side note, I did not write that. I found that online. Okay. <laughs> a friend of mine um, was talking to me the other day, and she reminded me about some other giants in the promised land. Moses sent out 12 spies, and they all saw the same thing. They saw big houses. They saw big grapes, especially if you watch Superbook, the grapes were really big. And they also saw really big giants. They all came back to report to Moses, right? And 10 of them said, there is no way we can do this. They're too big. They're too big. There's nothing that, be, that can be done. But Joshua and Caleb said, these giants are our bread. Too big, bread. Perspective is everything. Second Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says, I'm going to try to read slower. Someone said I read really fast, so I'm going to go slower. For our light 
and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs all the troubles. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is, seen, un, but what is unseen is eternal. Tim talked about, um, I believe it was last week, that our life is not just here and now in this very second, in this very moment. The moment that we're experiencing is literally a drop in the ocean of time. Our perspective is everything. If I am looking at what is seen and not what is unseen, that problem that is actually not really that big of a deal is a really big problem. Perspective is everything. We must change our minds to a kingdom perspective versus an earthly perspective. There's a scripture um, in the Bible, Matthew maybe, but it talks about don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear, right? But seek first the kingdom of God and all of those things will be added unto you. Seek first God's kingdom and then those things will come. I'm not saying to not prepare for the future. I'm not saying don't pay your bills because that's going to magically happen. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that no longer do we need to look at our momentary troubles because literally that's a momentary trouble. What is important is our godly perspective over here, not over here. It's time to shift because perspective is everything. Jesus cares about us. He cares what he created you for. He, he cares about your future. He cares about your purpose. He doesn't, I'm going to be honest with you guys. He doesn't really care if you live on the north side of Lakeland or the south side of Lakeland. <laughs> I know this is really, really killing some of you right now, but I'm going to tell you, this is a word from the Lord. He does not care, okay? And it doesn't matter if you buy the three-bedroom house or the four-bedroom house or the red car or the blue car. He might care if you take a red pill or a blue pill. I don't know. But he really, sorry, he really, he doesn't care about those things. He cares about you. He cares about you finding your future in him and with him in Jesus' name. That's it. He doesn't care about that. Just do it. Whatever you want. You like that house better? Take it. If that was cheaper? Take it. Whatever, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. What matters is your eternity, your kingdom perspective. So my first point was God created us on purpose with a purpose. My second point is perspective is everything. And my last point is it's time to move. This is how we're going to find our future today. I think about um, myself in the past and different times of my life when I wasn't living well or I was trying to live well and Things came up, and I'm trying to make a decision, and I'm so afraid to make any decision that I'm making no decision. And we've all heard it lately. Hey, inaction is action. Well, actually, inaction is, in fact, an action of you sitting there, not moving, not doing anything, taking up space, and waiting on God. My friends, I will let you know that I will be waiting on God for a unless he shoots me with a lightning bolt, then I'll make a decision. No, guys, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you must, you must move. It's time to move. 
Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. It doesn't matter what it is, if you're cleaning toilets or not, or you're (laughs) wiping baby bottoms in the nursery. Do it for the glory of God. So we know that our future is tied up in our purpose, okay? We know how important it is to have perspective. And now to find our future, how do we do it? Romans 12, 1 through through 2, NLT version says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Let your body be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Perspective is everything. No longer conforming to the world, no longer looking at our momentary troubles, but looking at a kingdom perspective, changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you are not in a moment of good and pleasing and perfect, and your life is not an abundant life, you are not living the way that God intended for you to live. You are living a half-life right now. As I was looking for scriptures and thinking about what God wanted me to say to you, I came across something that really struck me, and I realized that there are so many promises that God gives us in his word, right? He gives us all kinds of promises. Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, and you'll live a long life, right? I tell my kids that all the time. Do you want to live a long life? You need to obey. (laughs) Obey. And uh, my son Isaiah said, I'm going to live to be really old because I obey so well. I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Today, all right. But I notice that every promise that God gives us in his word, right, requires us to do something. And I'll prove it to you. Ready? James 4.8, NLT version, says, Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Action. Action. Faith activates. Action activates our faith. Action activates our faith. Our faith. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, Finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We have to move. We cannot just sit in our seats and take up space. We are not dust collectors. God made us on purpose, with a purpose, with a specific thing for you to do and accomplish. If you are still breathing, you're not done yet, okay? So if you are breathing, God is still expecting something from you. He made you on purpose with a purpose. If you're online and you're listening, guess what? This isn't an accident. God is speaking to you today. He is speaking to your hearts today. It is time to find your future. And in order to find your future, 
you cannot sit and do nothing. I have lived paralyzed in fear from making a choice and saying, oh, well, what if it's the wrong choice? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. If I make this choice and I have to redo everything, God requires us to step out in faith. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So we're looking at our momentary troubles and really they're momentary in light of eternity, right? But sometimes they look like a giant, immovable mountain that you cannot see over. You can't see around it. Something has to move. And we have to ask. We have to seek. We have to knock. And we have to do. We have to speak. We have to step. Faith requires action. My first point was God made us on purpose with a purpose. My second point was perspective is everything. I feel like I proved that to you today. And if not, then I'll prove it to you later. And my third point was it's time to move. I think about calling and purpose and what that looks like. I, re- I remember in my 20s, like, I was very... I love Jesus, grew up in church, but I wanted something more, and I didn't know what I was missing. So I really wanted this book called The Purpose Driven Life, and um, you've probably heard of it if you've been in church for longer than five seconds. It's like the number, be- number one best-selling book of all time because everyone wants to know what their purpose is, right? God put that inside of us so that we don't just sit and do nothing, but without him, we're incomplete. Without him, we are lacking. So I read this book, and I was really excited. And when I was done, I was like, sweet. I'm definitely called. Don't know what to do. So I put that book away. I think it might be in the attic. Not really sure. But over time, I realized that there was more than just listening to the word, more than just having faith, more than just going to church. There's more, and it requires action. So I I told the story before, but I feel like it's everything, is that I went on a missions trip right after I started going here with Pastor Tim, and it was really one of the first times um, that I got to experience Tim in all of his glory. Um, (laughs) He's really mean on missions trips. I'm just saying, he's really mean and very bossy. So we would go to all of these different schools and different places, and we would speak, and we would give our testimony. And he would just randomly call people up and be like, it's your turn, it's your turn, it's your turn. And I realized quickly, as long as you don't make eye contact, it goes better for you because he's looking for the person's eyes. If he sees the whites of your eyes, you are done. So I quickly would just slide down in my seat and be like, no, don't call me, don't call me. And finally, the time came. He's like, oh, Melissa, you haven't gone yet. I'm like, oh, I don't like to talk in front of people. Okay, fine. Three to five minutes. I'm like, three to five minutes? How could I do that? Um, 
but I'll, I'll, I'll start. Well, I'll go back, and then I'll finish this. Several years before that, God audibly spoke to me in my kitchen and said to me, that dream that you had in your heart when you were a little girl is still your dream today. And you say, hey, Melissa, what is that dream? It's a simple dream. It's just a dream that wherever I go, whatever I say, that I would be able to tell everyone that I meet how much Jesus loves them and what he did for them. That is it. If we don't tell them, how will they know? How will they know? God went on to say that I would speak in front of hundreds and thousands of people, and they would, they would find him because of my voice. And I laughed because, again, I don't like speaking in front of people. Clearly, it's going very well, right? <laughs> God uses the weak to confound the wise, so there you go. So no eye contact, right? I got finished, and Tim says, well, they need a speaker for church at the church in a few nights. I want you to speak. <laughs> oh, Tim, no. You are nuts. It's not happening. And he's like, no, uh, you have a word, don't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Is that for them? So I did speak, and um, lives were changed. But this is how I introduced myself. My name is Melissa. I'm a mom, and I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm just a mom, okay? I'm just a mom. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a teacher. I, I, I didn't go to Bible school. Really great way to tell all your negatives up front. If you want a hint, do that every time. It works super well, okay? Just go ahead and lay it all out there, guys. No secrets, okay? I am horrible, guys, but God told me to speak to you, so I'm going to go ahead and do it and be obedient. And after the service, the pastor came and he said, I have something to tell you from God that God told me to tell you. You are not just a mom. You are a preacher. You are a pastor. You are an evangelist. You are a missionary. And you will go to the nations and tell of God's great love. And I say to you today, in your seat, where you're sitting, at home, where you're watching online, you are not just. You are not just a person taking up space. You are a masterpiece created on purpose, with a purpose, in advance for the good things that you would do. God did not make you on accident. Today is your day. It is time to step out in faith. It is time to put action behind your words. No longer are you, I'm waiting on God for, I'm waiting right now. I'm still in a time of period of waiting. You've been waiting for 20 years, okay? It's time. No more waiting. It is time. It is time to move. As Rachel comes, I want to read... Um, a scripture for you out of the message, which I love because it speaks um, in regular language, and a lot of times it hits home a little bit more than some other versions. James two fourteen through 26, and don't panic. I know it sounds long, but it's very, very important, I think, that I read this, 
And I really want you to hear and understand what God is trying to tell us today, that finding our future is tied up with our purpose. And it requires faith and faith in action. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup? Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department and I'll handle the work department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. Action, reaction, action, reaction, action, reaction. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? Thank you for gracing us with your presence today. That's not in there, but I'm just saying, thank you. That's just great. Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Wasn't our ancestor Abraham made right with God by works when he placed his son Isaac on the sacrificial altar? Isn't it obvious that faith and works are yoked partners, that faith expresses itself in works, that works are works of faith? The full meaning of believe in the scripture sentence, Abraham believed God and was set right with God, includes his action. It's that mesh of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. It's not evident that a person is made right with God. Is it not evident that a person is made right with God, not by barren faith, but by faith and works? The same with Rahab the Jericho harlot. Wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing? What counted with God? The very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works, and you get the same thing, a corpse. How many people in this room feel like a corpse today? A half-life is no life at all. God came so that he would give us life and life abundant. I've heard people say life's about living, paying bills, and dying. But I can tell you from a point of a person who has been through just about everything a person can possibly go through, that God can redeem each and everything that the devil tried to take from you and destroy. Yeah. 
it's time. It's time to change our mind. It's time to change our perspective. If we could have the lights down for just a second. I will never take a time with a microphone in my hand and miss an opportunity for someone to live a full life with God. I will never, ever miss an opportunity to offer you the best thing that could ever happen to you in your entire life. A real, full, happy, joyful life that God created you for. All across the room, if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads. The Holy Spirit is falling across this room. He's speaking to people's hearts right now. If you do not know my Jesus, if you do not know the one who will give you an abundant life, now is your time. I think I proved it to you that faith without action is dead. And now is your moment. Across the room, I want you to raise your hand and say, yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need Jesus. If you, if you need Jesus, I see your hand. I want you to raise your hands across the room. Yes, I see your hands. I see your hands. The Holy Spirit is here. We're going to pray. In Children's Church, we say the ABCs. It's admit, believe, confess. We can't agree on the C and choose. So we're choosing and confessing. So all together as a church, as a church family, we're going to pray. Online, you raise your hands right there in the room that you're in and you pray with us. This day is not an accident. Today is your day. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you. I believe that you sent your one and only Son for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and wash me clean and make me new. And I choose you just as you chose me. I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you pray that prayer, you are forgiven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And as we say in children's church, guess what? The angels are singing. God is touching hearts today, right now in this room. The Holy Spirit is here. And there are many people that have taken up real estate. You've become a dust collector. And God really spoke to you saying, this is your time. This is your time. I would ask for you today to activate your faith and to stand across the room 
if you are ready to make a change and to step out in faith and walk into the calling that God has for you, go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray for everyone that stands. In Jesus' name, God is calling you on purpose with a purpose. You are not an accident. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. If I can stand here with a microphone in my hand, when in fifth grade I ran out of the room crying because I couldn't even open my mouth to speak, you can do it. You are his masterpiece. Jesus' name. Friends, there's another group of people in here. Y'all stay standing. I'm going to pray for everyone. But there's another group of people in here. They can't move. There's a mountain. It's there. And you may already be standing and you have the mountain too. That's cool. We're going to pray for it all. But if you say to this mountain to be moved and throw yourself into the sea and you believe it in your heart, it will be done. So if you have a mountain and it needs to move, I want you to stand up and I am going to pray for every single person in this room. I'm going to pray for your calling and your future. I'm going to pray for clarity and I'm going to pray for the mountains to be moved in Jesus name. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. That your eyes are going across this earth looking and seeing everything that's going on. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, never changing. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is true. And you say in your word that we are your masterpiece. You have created us on purpose, with a purpose. We are not accidents. And I ask you right now that as these people stand and have activated their faith, Lord God, that you would speak to their hearts and that they would have clarity, that they would have perspective, that they would have a clear vision of where they are going and what their future is, God. And I ask you to give them strength and courage and hope for a future in the name of Jesus. If you have a mountain that you need to be moved, my friends, now is your moment. I want you to come up here and I want you to get prayed for. We have prayer team. We have people that are here. I want you to activate your faith and come forward and get prayed for. Hands hands laid on you. I know it's the C word, but it's time. We are activating our faith. There's some people in this room that need to come and get prayed for. It's your moment. God is speaking to you right now. It is your moment. Don't stay in your seat. If you need prayer for healing in your body, if you need prayer for the mountain to be moved, come forward as Rachel sings a song. We're going to pray. There's at least two more people in here that need prayer. God is speaking to you. Don't stay in your seat. Activate your faith. Activate. Take a step. Don't waste it. You're here on purpose.
God is working in this place. The Holy Spirit is here. I would ask you that if you can feel God's Spirit on you right now, that you don't get up and walk away, but take the moment to hear what He's saying to you. This is a precious moment. He's speaking to your heart right now. He's clarifying things. He's doing a work in you. He's changing your perspective. The momentary trouble is nothing compared to eternity. And he's got this. He loves you. He made you. You are his. Today is your day, friends. Time to live. It's time to live. We're going to take a few more minutes and just worship, worship Jesus. If you need to pick up your kids, go for it. We love you. And I can't wait to see all the things that God is going to do in your lives. I'm going to be right along with you and watching it happen. In Jesus' name, we're going to worship one more song.
Heavenly Father, as we go about our lives today, I ask you that you would send your angels before us, around us, above us, and that we would walk with confidence in who you made us to be. I ask you, Lord, that we would hear the sound of your voice this week and that we would enjoy our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday.